0: This is Jacqueline with Soundbody Wisdom. Welcome. And in today's episode, To See and Be Seen, words of wisdom I first heard succinctly articulated to me by a group of teens I was working with in Cleveland, Ohio. And this was during a time when myself and my dear friend Chris, another longtime artist and teacher, were brought in as arts educators for a three month after school program. And to this day, my relationships and exchanges with these young humans touches me and informs me. And, you know, truly as a facilitator, where I've traveled the world and and been offering workshops for so long, I know that everyone I meet touches me in some way and informs who I am, the work I do. And for this, I am extremely grateful. And there are also some moments or groups that seem to go a little deeper as far as the impact they have on me. This particular group was comprised of teens that were coming together from different neighborhoods. And this accentuated a lack of trust and even sometimes some hostility towards one another. The idea of us and them within the group was tangible and working collectively was at times really difficult due to the dynamics in the room. So finally, you know, Chris and I sat down with everyone and we stated the obvious naming these tensions, and that, you know, really, in order to try to even continue the program, the group would need to explore if there was anything at all that they could find that they all had in common, that we all had in common together. And as crazy as that sounded, there needed to be a thread of commonality to connect us. You know, so Chris and I stepped away, and we asked the teens to call us back when they, they felt they'd arrived at something that everyone was on board with. And there was about 20 students. So we had no idea how long it would take or if they'd even find something. And after more than an hour, they called us back over and they'd written down the two essential things that they felt, you know, everyone had in common. So the first one was perhaps more obvious. It was, it was that everyone wants to love and be loved. But the second one surprised me. I think because it was something less obvious and incredibly insightful. It was that everyone wants to see and be seen. You know, I'll try, I'll try to describe that moment, and I hope that my words might touch you as you listen. And imagine the group of us. You know, the honesty sitting there together, the vulnerability, the courage, the power in it all of us feeling that agreement amongst us and them declaring this declaring these two statements there was nobody in that circle that wasn't fully present and engaged in that journey in that declaration and chris and i joined them in it joined the wisdom of these youth that identified something that chris and i you know understood in a more peripheral way in our own lives but perhaps would not have understood how front and center it really is. And here we all were, right, with such a powerful, honest, and succinct assessment. That was a moment, you know, a moment of clarity and a moment that has been integrated into and informed the curiosity that guides my life and my work. So what does it mean to see and be seen? How, how do we see one another? And what qualities are a part of the exchange that we offer one another in our lives? What does the absence of this feel like on a personal level? How is it different for each of us based on upbringing and life experience? And what are the ways, small and large, that we have an impact on individuals and groups that we're connected to in our lives, both? The people we know and the people we don't. This is the puzzle. And I like puzzles. You know, my mind is really well designed for them. You know, even as a kid, I love jigsaw puzzles, finding shapes and pieces, all the parts that make something come together, pieces that complete an image or complement one another. You know, even when I do the same puzzle over and over again, I would look for new ways to see that same piece. I would challenge myself to see new perspectives for how the final image might come together. And without realizing it, you know, I was practicing ways to expand my perspectives. And and this is what we can do in the puzzle of our own lives because we're always bringing pieces together to form images or ideas about ourselves or others the environment around us. You know, while in life, it is possible it might be a repeat image like my childhood jigsaw puzzles, it's more likely the images and content of our lives will constantly be changing. Because we're changing, right? We're growing, evolving all the time. It's the nature of being human. And with both the jigsaw puzzle and our life puzzles, you know, we can be changed by the process of the puzzle itself we can learn to see in new ways understand how small pieces connect to create a more whole sense of something to notice how our minds might open or close to certain stimulus and and so much more so you know at this point maybe you're wondering okay jack we went from a story in cleveland to childhood jigsaw puzzles so like what's your point well I think I'm offering you this metaphor because it's something I'm reminding myself as a tool to help me navigate my contemplation around this core human need of being seen. The metaphor of puzzles is what is helping me contemplate how to best offer these particular puzzle pieces to you, because it's perhaps an intricate puzzle, you know, it's layered and Parts might be obscured. This need is one that it underlies so many aspects of our lives and how we develop, how we see ourselves, how we see others, the choices we make, the choices people make in relation to us, the ways we behave, think, feel. It is fundamental to our species and our social development. You know, ever since the articulation of it with the group of teens in Cleveland, it's given me new insight and perspective to contemplate the layered ways in which we impact one another as humans, the dynamics that shape so many exchanges throughout our days and our lives. It offers guidance for both how I have more resource and kindness towards myself, but also in how I see and support others. That moment helped me to connect so many dots and to relax into a deeper understanding. It, I felt like, oh of course yes there was a way that things in the puzzle started to make a little more sense when i brought this puzzle piece in the understanding of this need it's it's simultaneously complex and simple it's so compelling for me as i can trace and find the many ways that this basic need influences our lives and this essential need of being seen can so easily get sidetracked. Or, or perhaps even if we have an abundance of it, you know, we never quite learn maybe how to show up and offer it to others. Or maybe the quality or the presence of it is inconsistent. All right, so for just a moment, sit with the words, sit with what they mean to you, to see and be seen and this is beyond a comment about what someone's wearing or a haircut this is this is seeing them on a deeper level qualities of who they are what they bring it's beyond whether you like them or not it's an honest moment of presence to witness someone without judgment without the presence of praise or criticism so let your mind and body sink into this a little. And what do you notice? What does it mean for you to really feel seen? Is it something you already understand and and can relate to? Or is it perhaps confusing or scary, maybe even uncomfortable? Are there certain individuals or situations where you feel more or less seen? Are there ways that you show up in other people's lives and really see them? You know, and to the credit of these teens, they clearly stated to see and be seen. They inherently understood the reciprocity, the mutual exchange at play with this. That yes, we need to feel seen. And yet the act of seeing someone else is also an important skill and experience to have in all of this. I think part of the reason for this is actually, it's connected to something I mentioned at the closing of a previous episode, which is the power of the ripple effect. It's how we support each other by living and acting in ways that, that touches one another. It's through our choices and by lived example. When I practice or engage seeing you, you feel this, you feel seen. And this has an effect on you. And and whether you know it consciously or not, feeling seen can influence or shape the ways you show up to see yourself and others. And, and it ripples like this, this cycle of reciprocity between people, in communities, families, societies, and, and so on. The choices we make, they extend far beyond us, touching others. All right, so... How do we describe this? Right? This felt sense of being seen. Well, I think that because it's unique for each of us, and because it, it really is a felt sense, we have to start within ourselves. If we can reflect on and understand what it means to us, how we experience it, when we are giving and receiving it, then we we can have insight on how to practice and strengthen how we engage it. You know, and before I say more, I, I want to acknowledge that you might be someone who already has clues and insights about what helps you feel seen, or you might understand it, by call it by another name. So whatever you may call it, or wherever you might be on the path with it, I really have so much respect for you on this journey. And, and I want to remind you, there's no right or wrong way when it comes to your felt senses and your personal experience it's really about developing your awareness your curiosity your kindness to help inform your choices and continue to grow these insights so to be seen you know i've, I've heard people connect this to a feeling of being valued or sometimes even connected to validation but it supports people feeling a part of something feeling connected it can fuel a sense of purpose or meaning in someone's life okay so all that said you might wonder all right where's the place to start how can i nourish and nurture this sense of feeling seen well let's begin with ourselves this is where we have choices You know, we can't change the past, but we can engage the present and and shift future choices. We can practice new habits for ourselves right now. And in starting with ourselves, we begin with the practice of how we see ourselves. You know, seeing ourselves while familiar and something we've engaged with since we were really little, it can become more confusing and less supported as we get older. This can happen for many reasons as we move through life. And so sometimes we, we need to reach for some simple tools to help reconnect us. And one of these tools is something I call self-gazing. And it's very much what it sounds like and very simple. But it's amazing how potent it can be. It is, as it sounds, a practice of gazing at yourself or at your own image You know, whether that's in a mirror or of yourself in your mind's eye or a photo and bringing your awareness, your kindness and your curiosity to how you see. So let's do a little practice for for just a few minutes. If you're driving or or doing other focused tasks, either pull over if you can and just pause other activities And if if that's not an option, feel free to save this exercise for another time. Let yourself find a comfortable position. And if possible, find a mirror you can use. If you don't have a mirror available or you prefer to not use one, you can use a photo. Or you can gently close your eyes and use your mind's eye to see yourself. Whatever you choose to do, Just take a few easy breaths, inhale and exhale, inviting your body and mind to relax into this time. And as you settle, gently allow yourself to to gaze at the image of yourself. See if you can take in the fullness of you and what you see. Notice any thoughts that might come quickly, places you might focus on. See if you can soften into just a neutral presence with yourself. This neutral presence invites you to let go of praise or criticism while seeing yourself. It also invites you to let go of ideas of who or what you are and relax into a space that's a space of kindness for the person you see, kindness towards yourself. And engage your awareness to notice if you start going off on a script or a story of what you see or what you believe. See if you can come back to your breath and just gently gazing without assessment or definition. And if and when a narrative or a thought persists, you might let yourself be curious about the story or the thoughts that come. Allow yourself to, to be curious for a few breaths. And then again, gently encourage yourself to return to a space of neutral presence that's guided by kindness. And we'll do this for just a couple minutes. Notice what you notice, breathing and softening into this space of awareness, gently gazing and welcome yourself to truly just see yourself outside of any story, thoughts, ideas you might have, simply being present, opening to your kindness to be with yourself. And with your next few breaths, continue to notice what you notice, softening into being present with yourself as much as you can. Notice what kindness can teach or offer you. Breath. Just simply thank yourself for this time, this space. And with the next couple breaths, you can gently begin to shift your gaze to the space around you. You can notice your physical body quality of sounds around you. Notice if there was anything that you noticed you want to remember. Maybe a felt sense, a quality perhaps. Or was there anything that you learned from this practice of seeing yourself? How might it inform How to develop more kindness and space to truly see yourself or how you can see others. Sometimes when we're able to embody something in ourselves, it can help to guide others even unconsciously in doing it as well. Maybe in how they see you more fully or learning how to see themselves or others. We can't know the choices other people will make, but we can make choices for ourselves and what we want to embody. And these choices have a ripple effect in our own lives and beyond. You know, and since being human has its complexities, it's helpful to also consider different layers or aspects that can contribute to this experience, and engaging the practice of to see and be seen. Remember that along with our practice of seeing ourselves or seeing others, the giving and the receiving, we can also learn how to set boundaries for choosing to not be in situations or with people where we don't feel seen. And we can also learn to ask for what we need as another path towards learning and teaching with one another. And as with any practice, the key is, you know, well, to practice and to practice regularly. So keep this in mind as you explore and and follow your curiosity with what it means to, to see and be seen. As always, I appreciate you spending this time with me. And if you want to learn more about my work, please visit my website, soundbodywisdom.com. You can also check out my book there, Touching the Invisible, A Field Guide for Living. These podcasts are free, and if you enjoy them and you'd like to make a donation, that's fantastic. Please go to my website where you can find a button for a donation on the homepage. Again, that's soundbodywisdom.com. Thanks so much for being here. This has been Jacqueline with Soundbody Wisdom. Take care.